Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. This episode is very interesting. Since all of us have been staying at home a lot, we definitely paid more attention to our interior design. So I've decided to invite an expert. And my guest is Amanda Lauren, who is millennial Martha Stewart. She is interior design expert at Forbes, podcaster, host of Ever Talk TV. She also has Hampton's collection on Art Sugar, and she's a PR expert. So in this episode, Amanda and I will be discussing so many great things. She will explain to us how to pitch to Forbes and how to get published in Forbes. Also, we'll talk about why she's calling herself Millennial Martha Stewart. We also will be discussing interior design, latest trends, how to upgrade your rental on budget, how to buy art for your home, what's the easiest way to redecorate your bedroom, what are the secrets of decorating a jaw-dropping home, the best holiday trends to elevate your home, how to make your place more Instagrammable, interior design trends that are going away in 2020, and interior design trends for 2021. Also, we'll be discussing how to upgrade your closet with just a Zoom call. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, honey. How are you? Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be on your show. You've had so many amazing guests, and I'm just really honored to be one of them. Oh, thank you so much. I love your background and everything you do. So it sounds very interesting. So of course, I wanted to bring you on and we would love to learn more about you. So would you please tell us more about yourself? So I'm Amanda Lauren. Um, I do a lot of things. So um, I guess I'm mostly known for writing about interior design for Forbes. So I do that. And I also write for some other websites. I write for A Sweat Life, Reader's Digest. Um, I mean, I've written for so many different people, it's nuts. Um, I have an art line with Art Sugar. I have a podcast that I just launched called Between the Likes. Um, I had a show online and it's still there called Between the Likes as well, which is on Evertalk, on Apple TV and Roku. Oh my gosh. And I have an online course where I teach people how to do their own PR. So I do a lot of, a lot of different things and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So many great and exciting things, but how did you start all this? How did you become force contributor, designer, so I've always really been into interior design. I grew up in Manhattan and uh, my mom was really into design and she was actually a real estate agent. 
but I think in life she missed her true calling as an interior designer because so much of what that space had was just so ahead of its time. It's crazy. Um, and I had designed pieces of furniture with her um, and she was into DIY before it was like a thing. And it's kind of crazy looking back on it. And then I moved to LA and I wanted to be in the industry and that usually requires a day job. And I kind of sucked at every day job that I had, like really bad. Like I did like liquor merchandising. I mean, really like the gamut of like shot girl, just crappy jobs. And then I would sit in my car and I would just like read websites in the middle of doing this liquor merchandising because I had to go to like different supermarkets and drugstores and just cry and like just sit there and read blogs and websites. And I'm like, I could write this just as well as these people do. So I started to pitch and I started to write and I wrote about a lot of different things, but I really just sort of found my niche as a lifestyle and design expert. And it sort of became a thing of, of its own. And I've really been able to incorporate it into like just my personal brand and everything I, I do. So I guess I just sort of fell into it, which is not the answer like I think most people want to hear because I feel like, although I have worked very hard, I always joke around, I'm like, I'm definitely living someone else's dream. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm, I've worked hard for it, but I think that they, I did sort of fall into it. It wasn't something like, I didn't go to journalism school. Um, I have a minor in creative writing that I didn't bother declaring because, oh, cause like, I just didn't give a fuck. I was really hung over and it was like the last day to declare your minor. So I have a degree in theater and a minor in creative writing that is not on paper, but I do have it. So very interesting career turn you took. And it was probably just your natural talents you just didn't recognize them at first and that's why but I'm glad you found yourself in and you're doing such a successful job in it thank you <laughs> how did you become ever talk tv host so my friend Anna David who is like a New York Times best-selling author invited me on a show she had on there and then I pitched them a show and it was on for a year. Evertalk recently reformatted. So it's now, they're doing something with Amazon Live and shopping. And I may do another show with them, but they don't have their same studio. If you go to betweenthelikestv.com, um, you can watch all of my shows. And we had this, you know, gorgeous, this was of course before the pandemic, a gorgeous studio. Um, I had on some amazing guests, the cast of Extreme Makeover Home Edition, um, just so lucky. And there were a lot of really amazing women um, on that channel. And because of the pandemic, they closed the studio. And then over, I guess, during the pandemic, we did the shows on Instagram Live. And I had on, I mean, I still can't believe it. Juliana Rancic was on my show. Ryan Surhan, Orlando Soria, just a bunch of really amazing people that I was able to have on. And I've now pivoted that type of content into my podcast, also called Between the Likes. But I also do some solo shows where I 
sort of. Um, I actually also do stand up, which people are surprised. I do stand up and sketch comedy. Um, and I was in a sketch comedy group, like, I guess before the pan, everything feels so weird. It's like a totally different life um, before the pandemic. And I sort of give my humorous take on furniture trends and like furniture, you know, stories that I've shared about like buying a fake leather sofa and how dumb it was and just things, things like that. And I also drop um, a lot of real advice where I feel like in my Forbes column, it's, it's very polished. Whereas this is like, listen, I'm going to get real with you. I'm going to tell you what to buy, what not to buy, what mistakes I've made and what mistakes you could be making, especially now because people are at home so much more than they used to be. And I think that no one, you know, I think like a lot of people develop a style with fashion or they learn how to do it. But I think that a lot of people don't develop their style when it comes to interior design. And I also think that's, you know, that's also something that has to be developed because we're home a lot more often and we want to surround ourselves with beautiful things. But I think that most people just don't know how to do it. Yeah, probably they don't. And also, you know, sometimes when you rent a place, you don't really feel like it's your home and it's like your permanent place. So sometimes you have like very limited styling options. So you can only work with what you have. Listen, I rent. And I always say that on the show too. I'm very honest. Like we rent. I live in a one bedroom apartment with my husband <laughs> in Los Angeles. It is not very big. Um, and we, cho- and I mean, listen, we could have chosen a much, we could have chosen a different place to live that was larger, but we really like the location and the building. So it's, it just, it kind of is what, what it is. And I also talk about too, that like, we were actually were in a larger apartment. We made the mistake of moving into this building that literally fell apart. It was like a brand new building. And like, the ceiling would leak. It was, I mean, it was terrible at the time, but like in retrospect, it's hilarious because we're like, you know, we should move someplace newer and better. And the whole thing was like just a a disaster. So we ended up moving back to our old building in a smaller apartment and we're kind of stuck here, but we love it. Yeah. And why do you hate fake sofas? I do. I do hate Uh, them too. So we bought the sofa. So they told us that it was leather. I don't think it was leather. Like I literally think they lied to us. And I can't remember if it smelled like leather or not because this was a few years ago. But this sofa started it. I think it might have been like leatherette or, or where they take like the thinnest piece of leather you can possibly make, glue it on vinyl and turn it into a sofa but because it's not like solid leather and the quality is low, it just like, it fell apart in less than a year. And I'm like, I don't care how much, like it was, and I I actually said on the podcast how much the sofa was, because it wasn't the cheapest, but it wasn't the most expensive. It was like 1400 bucks. And I'm like, this sofa should last more than a year. Like, am I crazy that like, how often are people buying sofas? Um, Like my parents had the same sofa for 20 years. It just started to literally rot and peel and and the whole thing. I mean, it's hilarious, but I ended up 
just like to be a total troll, I had an attorney write a letter. And that was when I finally got like, uh, we got, I didn't even get my money back. They ended up sending us another sofa. That was another nightmare. And then, then we just gave up on life. So. Oh my God. I had that too. I had to go through this too one time, but I, luckily I got only 50% of my purchase they were able to do it because it was it fell apart too but now I learned my mistake <laughs> it's it's the worst especially I don't know if you have pets but like animals just I don't. okay Do- even if you don't have animals I'm telling you like they destroy sofas like I've got a 75 pound English bulldog and I swear it's like his talent in life is just destroying my furniture, but he's so cute. And I, I love him, but like, you know, it wasn't even him too. He literally just sat on like the little, um, it was a sectional on like the little chaise part. The whole thing was just a, a nightmare, but I know. wait, how long did you have your sofa for? Um, probably like a few months, maybe eight months. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe I know things are just it's not what it used to be. Yeah, definitely not because they put like not real wood inside and I don't really know what they do, but legs fall off and just like fall oh off. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get hurt. You also have the pitch please PR. Would you please tell us more about it? So that's my online course that I co-created with Jennifer Jaden, um, who's a publicist and it's sort of funny. So before the pandemic, I was giving workshops to publicists about how to better improve relationships with influencers and writers and editors. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I felt like I could adapt a lot of the content for small businesses that want to get press coverage, but that maybe don't have the budget for it or that like really don't need a full-time publicist, but you know, do have the time to like put themselves out there. Um, Also, I get like a hundred pitches a day and some of them are great and some of them are terrible. And I'll get great ones from entrepreneurs pitching their own brands. And I will get ones from publicists where I really question how they still have a job. And so, I just wanted to sort of democratize PR for solopreneurs, coaches, experts, authors, um, small businesses, et cetera. Um, And so we created this in the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I mean, listen, it's a lot cheaper than hiring um, than hiring a publicist, which is two to ten thousand dollars a month at the very least. Um, and it really gives you an insight too into what writers are looking for. Some of the content was taken from things I asked other writers about, like, okay, tell me, how long do you think a pitch should be? Or what do you look for? Um, and it really just like, I've even had people who have interns take it so their interns can pitch. Um, and it's been a really big game changer for a lot of people. And as far as your PR and you being a force contributor, like, do you accept pitches? And what kind of pitches do you accept? Only about interior design or any other? So I, I know, it's so funny. Everyone asks. So I only cover interior design. Um, I will do some straight real estate stories every now and then. But at this point, it's mostly interior design, um, trends, etc. 
And I just sort of look, I would say to people like under 500 words, you know, keep it simple, proofread, let me know about your brand. You know, you can link to more information and sometimes things are a fit and sometimes they're not, but that has nothing to do with the pitch at all. It's just sometimes it's not what I'm looking for. Like today I actually got this email and it was actually disappointing to me. I got offered an interview with a major pop star, like one of my favorites. And um, I would love to interview her, but it's not really, it's not something that I cover. So I, I can't do it. And it's, it's frustrating. And I'll also say too, that a lot of the time, something might not be right for me at the moment, but it could be right for me the next day or the next week or the next month. So a lot of times people get discouraged, but there's times when like, yeah, maybe I'm not writing about sofas right now, but, or, you know, or tiles right now or something like that but I might be later and then I'll search my email and then you'll get your replacement so everything is just really timing I mean a lot of times someone will email me something and like coincidentally I'll be writing an article about that and I'm like are you psychic like this is crazy I'm like yeah we'll include you so it, it just sort of depends on what I'm working on and sometimes I don't even know what I'm working on at the moment <laughs> and you also call yourself millennial Martha Stewart why do you call yourself that because Martha Stewart's kind of a badass and I feel like and she you know she does decorating she does cooking she does all these different things but like she's super cool there's something like very street cred about Martha Stewart and I think I'm the same way like I'm not a Joanna Gaines um I'm not gonna have a farmhouse I am not perfect I use the word fuck a lot I make fun of things I'm a little bit like mean I'm not always what people expect Martha Stewart's not mean but like she's definitely like not what people expect like over the summer she did that like bikini photo and like be or bathing suit photo in her pool and I'm like that's so badass so yeah I like to think of myself as like the millennial Martha Stewart that's funny and she is a lot of fun too I love her personality I just love her what she does because you can't ever expect anything from her like she can do something very totally unexpected <laughs> yeah everyone loves Martha Stewart yeah definitely and you also have the fun collection for the art sugar. How did you come up with that? Because it's very exciting, joyful, and colorful. For years, I've really been into prints and textiles. And I love the Hamptons. My, I, my husband's family has a house there that's like super traditional old school Hamptons. And I just, I love it. I've like for years, I've sort of been like, framing textiles or wallpaper or just doing that on my own um and it's funny because like my mom also will like find like a bed sheet that has a super cool print and put it on staple it over like a canvas on wood and then hang it up like it's she's she's really creative too so um I wanted to kind of turn that into art and I just think that like people think of the Hamptons as like something that's inaccessible, but that's not true. Like you can get that vibe through the art. Um, and on my Instagram, 
Instagram, there's also lots of photos of the art um, in, in the Hamptons house. And it's just, it's affordable, it's fun, um, it's monogrammable. And we had actually, it's funny, we had trays which sold out. And I think I can say this because it'll be out by the time this podcast is out. We're going to be doing wine tumblers, which should be out before Thanksgiving, which is really, or I guess it'll be out by Black Friday. So I'm very excited. And we're partnering with a rosé company. I don't want to say which one yet, just in case something goes wrong, because I'm nuts and I'm a little superstitious, but we are partnering with one. And it's it's really exciting. Um, and I just think, too, it's like art is so, you know, it's hard to find what you want. And it's hard to sort of like know what's what. So I really just wanted to put my name on something. And I had met Alex writing about her a few years ago and we just hit it off. We became friends and it's my first physical product. And it's so, I feel so grateful to get to do it with a company like Art Sugar that's small and female owned and really like, well curated like I listen like obviously I love my collection I'm gonna promote it but I'll tell you everything she has on that website is awesome I love rosé and (laughs) I would love to have your collection tumblers well I was gonna say well we'll send you one when we when we make them when after the launch we we will send you one we would love to do that and you know I'm superstitious too I never release my projects till they're actually out or like you know when they out the same day I never say anything before because I do believe when you just talk about it too much, it doesn't go the way you plan sometimes. <laughs> no, that's definitely, that's definitely happened. We had, um, well, it still might happen next year, but like we were doing, we had another really exciting project with um that we were collaborating with someone really interesting and it kind of fell through or rather I don't want to say it fell through it really didn't it just hasn't happened yet um and I was so disappointed I'm like I don't I should have never said a word to anyone but but I'll but I'll announce it when it happens I think it'll happen next year and that'll be really exciting nice that's great and as far as interior design what are the latest trends right now of 2020 so it's really funny. So home offices are huge because everyone is, I think that there's going to be a major cultural shift. I mean, listen, like I was getting, um, I was out yesterday and I was like getting my brows done at Kelly Baker, who does the, um, she does the Kardashian eyebrows. She's amazing. And, um, I was parking on the street and across the street was like the Buzzfeed office with a big, like for lease sign. So all these big companies are getting rid of their offices. More people are working from home. And I think that just like, this is what it's going to be like for a few years because companies are trying to stay afloat. You know, the pandemic was really hard on the economy. So I think that that is something that's here to stay. I think that a lot of people that had an extra guest room, they're turning it into home offices. I think that there will be home offices built in lots of new houses and apartment buildings for the upcoming for the upcoming years because that's that's what's you know there's really no choice in the matter so I would say that's a major trend um I would say that one of my favorite trends too is also new traditional 
which is sort of a more, or some people call it grand millennial, like a more modern, fresh take on traditional furniture, which I think sort of stems from, you know, the contemporary, a little farmhouse look, sort of a more evolved, a more sophisticated vibe. People really like modern, but there's something really cold about modern, unless it is super duper high end. Mid-century modern is in, but I feel like it's so been done. And I feel like the problem with mid-century modern is like, unless you have real mid-century modern, people will like take a chair, angle a, angle a leg and call it mid-century modern. And it's not, it's just tired. So I would say like definitely new traditional is one of my favorite trends, home offices. Um, I love, I would say another one, like if you're renovating, I love a quartz countertop. Carrera marble is gorgeous, which a lot of people have been doing, but it's really not durable. If you are the kind of person who cooks and there are you know there's quartz it looks just like Carrera marble but it's a lot more durable so that's a trend I'm really into those I would say are have been like some of the biggest trends and sort of leaning away while we're doing open kitchens I think homes in general are also now going away from like the whole open concept thing because everyone's at home more often yeah, I love modern a lot and I have trouble finding like my perfect dream home because in Atlanta it's not it's not such a thing because I mean there are only very very few like you have to build your own house if you want to have what you want because like in LA there are so many modern they call it modern boxes but I love them houses but here it's not the same so that's why I have to rent for now. And I know many people are facing that problem. How do you actually upgrade your rental? So I think it's worth it to, I have like the rental we're in. I'm like, we have to stay here for like a year because I I poured so much money into this rental, but it's not really that hard to upgrade a rental. You just have to like sit there and really think about it. What do you want to change? So in my rental, we have these gorgeous floor moldings and I decided to paint them pink which is definitely a look like my husband was a little horrified but I really wanted to make this apartment fun and whimsical um also because I think it will probably be the last place we rent um I'm hoping it's the last place we rent, <laughs> and then we buy something after this but um I just think that like that's something really that people don't think of to do. And I love it. I also don't think you have to do pink. I love a black floor molding. Also, when you do paint, landlords paint between each tenant anyway. So they can't really charge. I don't really think that they should charge you when they're going to repaint. So it's something you don't really have to worry about. And if you're worried when you're done, just shove a coat of primer on it does it like, they're really not going to know the difference. Um, I would also say too, one thing I did was this apartment for some reason, which is definitely more traditional in terms of architecture, my whole building, it has sort of, it's more of a French style, which is really unusual for Los Angeles. But then they had, they, for some reason, all the finishes were really modern, which I found infuriating. 
So it had this like modern backsplash that was like a brown and white tile that was hideous. So we got peel and stick faux Carrera marble tiles that I love. Um, I think it looks so much nicer and so much more clean. And that's really inexpensive to do and really easy to do. Um, swapping out hardware in kitchens is also something that's very, very quick. You don't even have to hire, like I actually had someone do the painting for me because I didn't want to do it, but um, hardware, you just need a screwdriver and you can actually buy, I would tell people like, you don't even need to invest a lot of money in that hardware. You can buy handles for under $5 each from Wayfair or build.com or even Amazon. I love gold gold handles, um, which I had. And then I ended up swapping them out again because it's a long story, but you can do that. And I think that just hardware really like builder grade hardware always just looks so cheap. And it's just so easy to change that out in your kitchen, in your bathroom. What were some other things? Oh, swapping out light fixtures is really easy to do. Um, we did that. I think like, I hate these, like, do you know what I, I don't even know. People call them a flush mount. I call it a boob light. Cause it literally just looks like there's like a nipple in the middle of the lighting fixture. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> They're <laughs> so that. disgusting. Yeah. I, I hate them. I don't know why builders do them. Um, and so you can buy, I mean, I bought new light, like I've bought new fixtures at every rental that we've had. Um, and then a lot of the times I buy cheap ones and I leave them there and whatever. I'm like, listen, landlord, like I upgraded your apartment. Um, but this time I bought a beautiful chandelier from uh, Justina Blakely from the Jungalo. And I got, it has these tassels. It's gorgeous. Um, so I did that. So I will swap that out. That you kind of have to hire an electrician to do, but you can also use like, what's it called? Thumbtack is one, TaskRabbit's another one. You can find like people to do those things for you really, really cheaply. Or you can watch a YouTube video, but I recommend just being really careful when it comes to things like electric because you don't want to electrocute yourself. Yeah, you shouldn't do it yourself. I don't think so. I always hire someone to, I always replace light bulbs because I hate those yellow dark oh. light bulbs. I always replace them to, you know, bright daylight. I mean, the light fixtures and hardware is that a good one because that totally gives your kitchen different look. And I love gold ones as well, like, what you mentioned, I'm like totally with you on it. It's yeah, I love, I, I love swapping on hardware. I've done that at a lot of places too. You know, with knobs, you can probably take them the next place you go. But with handles, sometimes I actually tell people to just buy less expensive handles, unless you really think you're going to be at your rental for a long time, because you don't know when you move again if it's going to be the same size. So it's kind of a risk. Yeah. How do you buy art for your home? I think it's something people really don't know how to do. And I will say this, I see a lot of people with really, I don't think, listen, like the problem is we live in this world where people are either buying like statement art at Target 
which is, you know, which like, I guess I like statement art in doses um, or they're buying, you know, $20,000 pieces of art. And I feel like most people kind of have to aim for that area in between. Um, I, I do suggest shopping on Art Sugar because she has a lot of great affordable art that looks expensive. It comes framed because framing stuff is a fortune. And she just really like finding a site like that where it's really well curated. I like the idea of art fairs. Um, I wrote an article about Superfine, which is an art fair, and they're going to be doing a lot of things online and they support independent artists. Um, so I would say like, find something that speaks to you. If you like something, that's what you should get. If you feel connected to it, that's what you should get. But I do recommend supporting independent artists because one, you never know, like they could end up being the next big thing, but also like that's someone's career and passion. And I think that like, you can find a more personal connection to something that you know a person created and you didn't just like buy a piece of statement art at Target. I'm, I'm referring to that because actually yesterday I was looking in the holiday section um, at Target and they have, and it's kind of funny. And I went on my Instagram and I made fun of it, just like made fun of like the hideous statement art for like the holidays. Because <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Like it was just the most ridiculous stuff. Like a sign for your bathroom that says wash your hands. Like, yeah, I'd hope so. Like, I, I hope you're using your hands after you wash that, you know, washing your hands after you use the bathroom. <laughs> like you don't need to have a piece of art about it. I know. I seen it on your stories yesterday and it was funny. <laughs> and you know you said about target i like to get my art sometimes in z gallery because i like those abstract paintings z gallery has yeah. cute stuff actually yeah. i haven't been to the store in a while because um because of the pandemic and like i have i actually have a few pieces of furniture from z gallery but they're in beverly hills and i'm like never around that store but yeah no they have some cute stuff too like i think it's such a personal it's such a personal thing yeah i'm glad you mentioned independent artists because i should do more of that it feels like it's very personal it's very like person is giving you a piece of them because they put all their thoughts and all their energy in the painting so it's kind of very personal and unique piece so definitely supporting independent artists is very important absolutely I feel like if we don't we're going to like lose independent art I, I just think that like right now it's such an important time to support the arts yeah my stepsister is an artist in New York and she has her gallery sometimes like showings and she goes to the show to sell her art so she does it as well and I know how much work she puts in it. It's like, it takes so many hours to get perfect peace. It really does. It really does. I also like Elizabeth Sutton a lot is one of my favorite artists. Um, she's really gorgeous things. And um, I may be doing a collab with her. And also Robin Blair is another one of my favorite artists. She's known as like the candy artist on Instagram. And her pieces are so cool. Oh, I need to check out those. That's nice. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. What is the easiest way to redecorate your bedroom? I would say buy new linens. It's so easy to just buy new linens. 
and also buy a new bed. Now that's, I mean, which is a little bit more work, but if you want to do a weekend refresh, I really feel like you can do a lot with just like what, you know, what duvet you're choosing. I'm not a fan of comforters. I know people like them, but I like a, I like a down comforter with a duvet. I just think it is, I don't know. It just feels better to me. And then it's so funny because I always say to people, the trick with duvets, you just tie the corners. There's always like little strings to tie them because people are have that there's like this big fear of duvets. Like it won't let, you know, the comforter won't lay in the duvet, right? But if you actually just like use the string or some people buy clips, but I've never bought clips. Um, it always lays right and it looks so nice. You know, the funny thing with duvets, because in Europe, everybody uses them. And I'm originally from Europe. I was born in Eastern Ukraine. And we always used it. When I came here, I was, I was having a hard time to finding like perfect duvet. Now they have more of them. But before it was, oh my God, it was impossible to find it. And I hate it, like, you know, because you have to have a blanket, you have to have a cover sheet. And that is just like so much better to do it. <laughs> I know. It's also, I also feel like it's better to just like, I mean, I, we, I've had the same duvet now for like, we've had this for like seven years and then I got rid of, it's a king size. And it's funny. Cause like we had a queen size one that was like an extra one from not even just from like, before I met my husband, I think I had it in college. Like I've had that duvet for, and it might've been my parents' old queens, I'm sorry, comforter, like down comforter. I might've had my parents like, it, God knows how old it was. And it lasted for years. And then over the years I had bought like different duvets for this down comforter. And it was great. It was still in good shape, but we just didn't have room to store it. So we ended up get like, we gave it away to someone, but like, yeah, it's, it's like, it just makes so much more sense to buy a good down comforter and then switch out your duvet when you are sick of it. Or, I mean, I always have, listen, like with what I do, people send me things. So I have, I have a lot of different duvets and a lot of times too, I'll like give them to friends. If I like change my style, I'm like, oh, you want it? They're like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, take it. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And what are the secrets of decorating a jaw-dropping home? I think that it's about finding pieces that you want to keep and like collecting them. And I think like that's really the secret is having something that feels complete. Um, I mean, I've bought so much furniture in a rush over the years and just immediately regretted it. And then there were things that I had wanted for a very long time that I ended up getting and loving. And now I'm like, now, like, I know there are things I'll have for a long, long time. Like, it's like, even like, I have this desk from Crate and Barrel, and it wasn't even their most, I actually talk about it in my podcast, when I talk about home office design, like, it wasn't the most, I think it was literally the cheapest one they made at the time, but it's a really good quality. And it's just like, it's so charming and traditional and cute. It kind of looks like an antique. And it's just like, it's a piece, like having these pieces that have meaning to you and then finding new places to put them. And it's, it's hard because things are not necessarily made the way they used to be, but I think it's those details and finding things you really like that, that you want to keep and just thinking about like, 
what you can have. Cause a lot of people buy like disposable furniture. Listen, I mean, I've bought more stuff from, I don't own anything from Ikea anymore, but like there was a long, you know, there were like years when I had a lot of Ikea furniture. I don't like and Ikea. It takes too much work. I, oh my God. It's the, the directions and like hieroglyphics. It's like the, it's, I call the store like Swedish maze torture because trying to get in and out, I want to bang my head against the wall and have a nervous breakdown. It's terrible. And I would say too, like look for things for inspiration. You know, a lot of people use Pinterest, but I think what's better to do than Pinterest, because I feel like it's just, I feel like at a certain point you're curating things for someone else. What I do is I save posts in Instagram for like my future home. So I will go and I'll save it and you can create little folders where I'll see something or I'll see a detail or I'll see the way something is laid out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this might be something that I feel inspired by for my future home. And I just sort of like, and then it sort of like all lives in my in my Instagram account and you just go to saved, but like, it's kind of good because it lets you think about things for the long term. You're like, well, I might not be able to have, like, I've always wanted um, a swing hanging from the ceiling, like an egg chair. I'm like, it's not something I'm going to do right now. Although I tried and it was the one thing my husband would not agree on. He's like, you can do whatever you want. You're not hanging an egg chair from the ceiling. He's like, it's the one. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, but you know, I'll find like cute, I'll just come across like really cute photos of it on Instagram and I'll save it. So I think that that's something people can do and just try to think long-term. Yeah. I feel like creating mood board for your dream house even if you can like implement it all at this moment it's sometimes it's nice I don't even think you need a mood board like I'm a really big believer in just saving things on on Instagram that that I see and then it's like all laid out for you and you've got like a grid you know your own little secret grid I feel like Pinterest is almost something that people do for other people or for like the sake of social networking. Whereas like, I just love to say things are all even find like, I mean, it's not even just for decorating. I have like saved folders of hair tip of like, like someone was doing a really interesting hair how to. So I save that on there. Or sometimes I'll see someone's makeup and I'm like, oh my God, I love the way she did her makeup. Um, or even like, the way someone just like, oh, the way a photo was shot. I'm like, oh, I want to do something similar. Even sometimes moving around the furniture that you already have or just moving pieces around, it gives the house totally new look. Sometimes even that helps too, I guess. I know it's so funny because I actually want to do that. I, I have like a lamp that is so out of place right now and it's making me crazy. And I think I want to just move it behind my sofa. So I have to move my sofa, but I need to do it when my husband is not home. Like, just cause like he won't get, he's just like, be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I want to rearrange things a little bit. I know I had friends complaining about because some guys don't like it and they're like, okay, I'm used to this way right now. And I just wanted this way. And you moving everything around. It's just like too much work and I don't like it. Don't do it. <laughs> but then they like it at the end. I've, I've definitely rearranged things too. Even with like rugs, I have one of those like faux sheepskin rugs. 
and I've put it in like three different places in my apartment. And now I finally found the right place for it. What are the best holiday trends to elevate your home? One thing that they're going to be doing, gold Christmas trees, which I think are really fun. I like colored Christmas trees. I actually was on Good Morning America a few years ago talking about black Christmas trees. Um, and Trevor Noah picked up the clip and made fun of me, but I just thought that was so cool. That's in, like, I would say too, like having things that are, I'm not a big, so I, I was raised Jewish, but part of my family is Catholic and they always did like a lot of Christmassy stuff and we never really decorated for Christmas. But one thing that my mom taught me that I think that not enough people do is I'm a big believer in like having dishes that are just for the holidays. Like I love it. Like it's funny. Um, my aunt, she passed away, but before she died, my mom, she was living in Vegas and all of us met up. I live in LA. My parents live in New York and we all decided to like go to Vegas and do Thanksgiving at her house one year. And my mom bought my aunt holiday dishes because she knows that I like to eat off of them. <laughs> Having like special ones with like snowflakes or trees or any, or even like I kind of like snowmen, like getting really whimsical with your dishes and buying something that you want to like keep for years. You don't even have to buy fine china. Like, I just think that's so lovely. Like having a beautiful tablescape that you can look forward to recreating year after year is there's something really nice about that. And I think that setting traditions and creating traditions through decor is something that it's really fun to do. Um, I think also like baking has been a big thing this year. And I think people will be decorating a lot of gingerbread houses, which I just think is like a fun family activity. I also think obviously like you don't, gingerbread houses don't have to be associated with any sort of like, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, like everyone can enjoy, you know, decorating a gingerbread house. Yeah, and like you know, you said about holiday dishes, we had in my house throughout all my life, we always had holiday dishes. They were not like especially for certain holidays, but they were like kind of just neutral for all holidays, but we would just get them only on the holidays. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so much fun to just like have that. Or you can even, if you don't want to get dishes too, like um, I'm going to, I'm, I was going to say, I probably shouldn't say it, but I will. Um, I'm going to be having a line of disposable um, placemats that have a holiday theme. So I would say, so you may want to do disposable for COVID this year, but I actually think they're cute and I might have them laminated so I can use them year after year. But, you know, you can get mine or you can get, uh, which I'm going to be doing with um, Elizabeth Sutton, who's an artist. Um, so there, I just kind of gave away that collab, but um, it's not written. If it's, I'm actually getting on a call with her after we, after this podcast is over to, to discuss it, uh, to discuss the details, but I've seen the designs and they're, they're gorgeous and we worked on them together. Wow. That's um, very exciting. But yeah, or even buy, like I said, like buying placemats or even like 
you know, a nice charger, a gold charger for the holidays to use with your regular dishes. There's so much you can do. And I think, like I said, starting a tradition, getting things you want to keep, you know, or think about keeping. I, I don't know. I just really, I just really like that because everyone is spending the holidays at home. I mean, there, I guess there are some people that are going away, but obviously less people are traveling. Especially right now, I'm probably sure many people will stay at home. I mean, yeah, yeah. unless your family is far away. How do you make your place more Instagrammable? Think about like what, like I would just say like arrange things in a really nice way have cute art, try to get, and my apartment is so dark. Um, so I probably don't take, I like, I probably should take more photos, but my apartment, it's on the first floor and it doesn't get a lot of good natural light, but like light really helps when you take photos, if not firing light on Amazon colors, you know, just looking at trends and sort of emulating that in your own space and mixing things up. One account I really like for inspiration is Candy Colored Home. She is super, super Instagrammable. What would be interior design trends that are going away in 2020? I would say people are getting, it's weird. I have very mixed feelings about this modern farmhouse thing because a lot of people are doing modern farmhouse, but then I'll see a lot of people complaining about it. Um, so I would say that's a trend that I think is slightly on its way. I don't even want to say it's on its way out, but I think it is ultimately evolving into more of a new traditional look. What else is on its way out? Um, hardwood floors, not obviously not carpet. I think carpet has been done for years. Air, I, I hate carpet. I just think it's so gross. Um, I like a nice area rug, but like a wall-to-wall carpet. Ugh. I do too. Um, and you know, the worst thing in some of like nice, nice apartments or condos here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. in bedrooms, they put carpet. I was like, seriously? I have carpet in my bedroom and it's, I've actually thought, um, another thing my husband, I said to him like, can we rip out the carpet? Can we just rip it out and put like hardwood floors? He's like, Amanda, it's a rental. You're being crazy. But I thought about it. And if we stay here another year, I think I'm my bedroom is not that large. I may get an area rug that's the actual size of the bedroom and just put it over it because I have this hideous gray carpet. It's also bad if you have like allergies like I do. So I would say that's out. I will tell you hardware, copper hardware is going to be very in because COVID can only live on it for, I think, four hours as opposed to four days, something like that. I'm sorry, it's four hours as opposed to like 72 hours germs can live on it. Don't quote me on that. But it's um, just more of an antimicrobial surface. So I think like a lot of like stainless steel stuff is going to be swapped out for hardware. And it's funny because I did write an article about things that were going away. And I think COVID like really sort of changed the way people see people see their home. I think so too. Yeah. And it's so much everyone has to do at home, like redecorating and everything because they stay at home a lot. Absolutely. And do you have any predictions for 2021? interior design trends? Home offices are only going to get like crazier. I think that this is something that I actually, I've seen a few people talking about. 
I think Murphy beds might become a thing, which are those beds built into the wall that can like turn into a desk. Because I think that a lot of people who have a home with a guest, like we're not really using our guest rooms. So like guest rooms are being turned into home offices, but people still want to have a space for the future where someone can stay. So I think that like the whole Murphy bed thing will probably become, I think it's going to take a few months, but I think we're going to see a lot of those. Like I said, I think old copper, copper finishes, things, things like that are just going to change. I think these really entirely open concept homes, people are going to start closing them up or they're going to be built, you know, differently. I still think open kitchens will be a thing because it is very hard to cook in a closed kitchen. It just gets very hot. And it's also hard for families to like watch over their kids if they have young children um, in a closed kitchen that's really cut off from the rest of the space. Funny enough, you said about Murphy's beds because I was just looking for it because, you know, I turned one of my bedrooms for now. I mean, while we are renting, I turned it into my closet and we still need a bed here because when the guests come, (laughs) they need to sleep somewhere. And I was thinking about it because, you know, I had this mattress and it was like totally in my way. So that was actually the trend too. And I've seen actually so many articles on it right now. I guess 2021, like you said, they are, will be in. Yeah, I think that the design of them is going to be really nice. I mean, it's funny because like in New York, you'll see people have like really old ones that are kind of gross in like some of the older apartments. But I think the newer ones are really innovative. And I think it's a smart idea because it's like, not everyone has, you know, a lot of space, even like in LA, it's like, we've been looking online at houses. And I'm just like, this is the size of an apartment. I mean, in cities, they build houses so small, you know, especially like beautiful older homes, unless you are, you know, unless you're spending $12 million or $8 million, which I am not um, one day, but not right now. I mean, I'm just so surprised at how small these places are and you just don't have, you know, you barely have room for a third bedroom, never mind like uh, another guest room and an office. So I just think we are going to, as a culture, and we are doing, we're really rethinking the way that we use space. Yeah, that's true. But every time when I come to LA, I kind of miss my Atlanta space because it's way bigger than there, but still. Oh, I know. I've, I like I've looked at houses in Atlanta online, Atlanta and Austin, and I'm just like, we should move. <laughs> but we're no, not. I love LA way better, but as far as housing, I mean, that's, you have to sacrifice if you live in a nice area or a nice you know, place. You really do. I mean, listen, it's better than New York. Um, it's a lot better than New York and certainly better than San Francisco. But it's like, it's by no means, like, you know, the apartments here are small. Um, I mean, one thing that I did too, which I actually didn't share when you answered the question, but I, I feel like I should say this right now. I'm a really big believer in like doing a redo a closet if you need to in a rental if you're going to stay there for a while so I had container store redo we 
when we moved from the apartment that was a disaster, um, we had to break our lease. I mean, the whole thing was like such, such a pain in the butt, um, just moving like twice in less than a year. And we just sort of took what was available in our old building. And this closet was so small. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to fit all of our stuff in here. And I did a consult with a container store and we did a whole alpha system and it is jam packed. Um, eventually I will do, I'm going to do a post and show people the closet. I mean, it is every inch of this closet is used, but like, I think like that's something too that people have to consider is like closet space. Like you can really do a lot with a small closet. If you have a professional, um, if you have a professional, like who knows what they're doing, design the closet for you. And then they actually couldn't install it for us because of COVID. So I had someone else do it, but it was so helpful. And it's such a game changer because we can actually like see our stuff, even though everything is so crammed in. And I, I always feel sort of sad because like I have all these, I mean, it's such a bougie problem, but like I have all these red carpet dresses that like. I didn't wear because of the, you know, because I was going to events like three, four nights a week before the pandemic. And I'm like, oh, I miss wearing all of these. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. So at least they're so crammed in. I don't notice them all the time. And then remember that, you know, no one's going out anymore. I've picked my rental based on closets and had option for even better place but the closets were so small I couldn't I mean I was like I probably can't fit anything here so I don't want to have this problem so I picked my rental based on closets I have like two walk-in closets and I made one room as a closet so I can see all my like red carpet nice dresses across the wall (laughs) oh that's so nice you know what though you should do like you can just like get on zoom with container store and then they'll and they'll like tell you you just have to measure it and they'll like show you all these different designs it's crazy um and then you can take if you get the the alpha system which is like their it's I mean they install it but it can be reused and built on you can literally just bring it with you to the next place that's such a great idea because if you are living there for a while and you would know that you would live there for a while it's great idea to invest in a closet because I think for me, it's very important. Yeah, it's, and especially now, because I feel like a lot of people have moved to other places and they ended up like getting a good deal on rent because a lot of people were leaving major cities. And I feel like a lot of people should like probably stay in their rentals for a long time. So I think it's definitely something that makes it more, more livable. Also, even if you're like buying a place, they also, they have other systems too, that are absolutely gorgeous that they'll, that they can do. Um, It's similar to California closets, but I think it's a lot less expensive. Um, and it's just like a lot easier the way they do it. Like you can literally just do it online, you know, do it with a person over Zoom, show them the space and it makes life so much easier. Um, and that's a real game changer. Wow, that's a great idea. And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, all the information. Okay, so I'm at It's Amanda Lauren, I-T-S-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A-U-R-E-N on Instagram. 
And that is sort of the portal to all the things that I am doing. Um, I have a website, but it's like really under construction. So I would just say like, if you want to know what's going on, go to my Instagram. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Amanda Lauren. Um, I'm verified on both. So you can just see the little like check mark. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, you can find me in the Forbes real estate section. Yeah, that's, that's where I am. Um, and that's the portal to all things me. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. You can always DM me on Instagram. It's not Basic Blonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, Subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.